Do you look at your mountain of goals and feel stuck? Or have you already achieved great things and yet you know there's still more? Then you've come to the right place. We're here to offer practical tools and tangible strategies to change your mindset. And challenge you to produce a life beyond the norm. I'm Nate. I'm Laura. Welcome to the Transcendence Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode on the Transcendence Podcast. We are wrapping up our Enneagram series with Enneagram Type 9, The Peacemaker. The Type 9 can be described as the easygoing, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent type. Their basic fear is of loss or separation. Their basic desire is to have an inner stability or peace of mind. Things that drive them or their key motivations are that they want to create harmony in their environment. They want to avoid conflict and tension. They want to preserve things as they are. And lastly, they want to resist whatever would upset or disturb their environment. What's funny about the type nine is the type nine is actually often referred to as the king of the Enneagram. And the reason being is the type nine has a unique ability to actually see every single type for what they are and understand every type, usually the best, and naturally do this without having to study or without having to, you know, go through a whole program or really deep dive into it. They can just generally understand people. The funny thing about it is, and the ironic thing is they understand other people so well that oftentimes they lose their own purpose because they're so focused on creating harmony that they never create what they want to create. For a type nine, their deadly sin is actually sloth. Now, this isn't in a physical way. They're not physically lazy, but it's more of a mental apathy where they try to avoid conflict by creating harmony, but with that lack of focus and drive on what they actually want to create for themselves, sometimes they lose purpose in their own life. Mm -hmm. So as you know, we've been taking bits and pieces from the book, The Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Suzanne Sable, which I really recommend if you haven't heard of this book, if you haven't read it, go and read it because it is really good um, for a beginner if you're just starting to dive into the Enneagram of just getting the foundational basis of what the Enneagram is going into all the types. Um, I'm pulling a piece from the chapter all about the Enneagram type nine, and this is how a nine would describe themselves. I'll do almost anything to avoid conflict. People seem to want me to be more decisive. I find routines at work and home comforting, and I feel unsettled when something throws them off. Being outdoors is very soothing for me. And lastly, it would feel selfish to spend a whole day doing what I want to do. Yeah, you see type nines in history, people like Abraham Lincoln or Walt Disney or George Lucas, people that have created some universal value or even Queen Elizabeth II. And for us in our life, um, a lot of you guys have got to know Laura and I pretty well through this podcast, but actually the other person that helps us with this podcast, our editor, um, the person who edits all the videos, records all the videos and helps with the production side of things and the technical side of things is Isaac. You guys have probably seen him in our social media as he's one of my best friends for a long time and actually Laura's sister's boyfriend. So he's very integrated with our family um, and he's a type nine as well. Next, jumping into the wings, we're going to start with our nine wing eight, which is called the referee or the comfort seeker. They're going to be more outgoing. They're going to be assertive. They are anti-authoritarian, may facilitate between being confrontational and passive. So they're constantly going back and forth with, you know, being outwardly expressive and then kind of holding back and not maybe not sharing as much as they, you know, would. 
whereas your nine wing one is called the dreamer. They're more introverted. They're orderly, idealistic, sometimes critical, emotionally controlled. They're focused and compliant. So you can see the two differences between the two wings. However, with the type nine, there is not any other type that is more devoted for this quest of internal and external peace for not just themselves, but for others around them as well. So the subtypes of the nine are also going to be very different when you're looking at type nines, because although they all try to create harmony, they all try to create harmony in different areas of their life. So the social type nine is oftentimes known as like the mediator. These are going to be the ones that want to facilitate harmony in a group. They find comfort in belonging, but not only them belonging, but the whole group belonging together. They also sometimes push their issues to the side and act like they're not there just to maintain harmony in the group. And that way they're not feeling clingy or dependent or needed. The group can just enjoy their time together. They never want to burden others with anything that they're dealing with. So that's also why they try to hide it all. Now, the intimate type nines are going to be the ones that actually merge their agenda and their attitudes with the people that they're closest with. They're oftentimes going to have the same opinions and the same feelings as their close friends, as their family members, as their significant other, as they focus on building strong relationships. They don't want, they're not as worried about a big collective group getting together and being in harmony, but one-on-one connection with those close group of people in their lives. Now with this, they oftentimes lose their own purpose in life because they're so focused on meeting the agenda and meeting the vision of the people in their life that they oftentimes lose sight of their own vision and just kind of are a supportive friend there that doesn't have its own, his own drive or her own drive. Now, the self-preservation is going to find harmony in their survival instincts. As you're going to see, a lot of the social ones are always extroverted, always about the other people, where a lot of the intimate ones are usually about close relationships. And a lot of the self-preservation types are all about survival-based instincts. And for the type nine, it's about making sure all their resources are in harmony. They, these are the ones that really excel with routine, sometimes get very irritated if their routine is disrupted, but they always want to make sure that their physical needs are met, such as like food, shelter, rest, you know, financial stability, and make sure they always have enough to survive. Now, getting into the groupings, their intelligence center is going to be the same intelligence center we talked about last week, the instinctive group. So that's is going to So this is going to be the eights, the ones, and the nines. If you remember last week, these are the ones that whenever they're present, they feel more confident and more existing. They want to seek out the intelligence of the body. You know, they want to be one with things. They want to feel alive. They want to, they want to feel all their emotions in their gut and throughout their body. Their common emotion is anger. So we know ones internalize anger. They hold it all in and they repress it to try to act like it's not there, but eventually it'll boil up and explode. Eights externalize anger very rapidly, very quickly, and are the first to jump, jump on something. Where nines are conflicted by their anger, and they tend to disconnect from it. They turn a blind eye to anything that feels a threat to their harmony. They're often referred to as the anger that went to sleep. They try to put their anger to sleep, but again, again eventually when you don't address things like anger, fear, or sadness, they're going to come back, and they're going to come back even stronger mm-hmm. if you don't just work through it the first time. Now, the strengths of the nine is that they're very caring, supportive, and receptive. They're always going to be there to try to create more harmony and peace in your life. So the strengths of the nine is going to be that they're very caring, they're very supportive, and they're very receptive. But the challenges of them are that they're going to be indecisive, 
They're going to be very stubborn and they're going to be very self-forgetful. They're going to lose their sense of self in the groups that they're in. Now, the harmonic group is how they deal with conflict. And they're very similar to the sevens and the twos as they're all part of the positive outlook group. This is the group that avoids pain at all costs and replaces it with something positive and tries to just cover up their pain in a way instead of address it. So for the twos, if you remember, they overemphasize others' needs to avoid their own because if they have to address their own needs, they're going to feel it. Sevens try to look at the positive experience. So they try to look at the experience that they're in and try to twist it to make it positive. Whereas nines put emphasis on all the good in their life. So this is going to be the people. So they're going to bring out the best qualities of the people in their life and try to just remain positive and remain grateful for having those attributes, you know, influence their life. And they're going to avoid problems with loved ones, with their environment, with their lack of self-development. Anything that could be a threat to their harmony, they're going to avoid at all costs. We hope you are enjoying this Enneagram series. In a better effort to serve you guys, our listeners, we would love to have you send in any questions that you might have regarding the Enneagram, whether it be about your type, maybe which number is most compatible with yours, or maybe a topic that we haven't quite covered yet. After this 10-week series, we're going to be doing a Q&A episode on our YouTube channel. Make sure you're sending in all your questions through our DMs on Instagram. So my advice for this group, I think I said it back when we went over the sevens, but Sit in the pain, work through the pain, because when you give yourself false positivity, you're not giving yourself anything but a bandaid to cover up a wound. You want to actually fix it because that's what's going to give you long term positivity and actually going to make the experience of the environment and the relationship with that person better. Now, the horny being group is how we work with others to get what we desire. So they're actually going to be part of the withdrawal group, which is the fours, the fives and of course, the nines. The pros to this group is that they're very imaginative and they're very introspective. The cons to this group is that they have a hard time in large groups. So anytime they're working in a big team environment, they sometimes get lost and just become complacent. And then they don't get to shine through with their imagination and with their creativity. Now for the fours, they withdraw to gain attention. They pull away so people will give them attention and realize that they're gone. Fives do this for security as they go back into their safe place in their mind, whether it's a physical safe place or whatever it may be, they just want to feel safe. So they, they withdraw back. Nines do this for autonomy. So they want everyone to be self-sufficient and they're hoping that if they withdraw out, everyone's just going to get on their own routine and everyone can just accomplish what they need to. The only problem is that with that is if they can't take charge in a situation that they need to, where they may be the expert in that situation, that autonomy is not going to get you anywhere. So they need to, when they're an expert in a field, you need to take charge. You need to be a supportive team player and not worry about the harmony of the group, worry about the production of the group. The harmony will be there because that's your natural instinct. Mm-hmm. But if you just focus on the harmony, you're going to miss the production side. So what it means to be a healthy nine, when you're living in a healthy state, and again, this changes on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. this changes on an hourly basis for some people, right? but when you're in a healthy state, you're feeling autonomy and you're feeling fulfillment. You're able to chase your own dream, but a dream that creates harmony for others and a dream that influences others. You're deeply receptive, you're accepting, and you're emotionally stable. You're not covering up your emotions, but when I say emotionally stable, it doesn't mean that you're just not dramatic about your emotions. It means that you're addressing all your emotions and you're working through them rather than just covering them up and letting them bottle up. You're trusting yourself. You're trusting others. You're optimistic and reassuring. You're supportive. 
and you're a great mediator or communicator. When you're living a healthy life, your growth number is going to be that of the three. So you're going to see the positive traits of a three. You're going to be energetic and self-developing. Now, what you're going to see, all of the types when they're in a healthy state produce a universal value. They produce value that is bigger than themselves. They're producing a value that influences the world and makes the world a better place. An average type for any of the types means you're self-sufficient and getting by. You're going to produce enough value to not live an unhealthy life, but you're not going to impact the world in the way that you could and live into your potential. Whereas an unhealthy, you're directly pulling down yourself or pulling down those around you. So for an average nine, you're going to fear conflict. You're going to work on just focusing on the harmony, and that's why you're never going to get the production side of things to actually impact the world. You're going to go with the flow even when you want to say no. There's going to be times that you just become actively disengaged and become complacent and unresponsive rather than speaking up for what you know is right. You're going to sweep all problems under the rug and act like they never happened because you do not want to sit in conflict for the fear of losing people or people not liking you or just causing disruption in routines. An unhealthy nine is going to try to keep peace at all costs, and that means minimizing all problems to act like they're not a big deal, when in reality, a lot of them are a big deal and may hurt you or the people around you. They're going to be very stubborn, and they're going to find themselves very angry with themselves. As they try to disconnect from it, it's going to grow so large that you can't avoid it. You're not going to be angry with the people around you. You're going to be angry with yourself of your procrastination and your unresponsiveness. You're going to block out awareness of anything that can affect your harmony in your life, which means you can be neglectful and incapable of facing problems. Your stress number is that of a six. You're going to be very anxious and you're going to be very worried. And you're going to sit in that because you're not going to know how to address your emotions. When a nine learns how to face its own problems and face the emotions at hand and can actually impact the world. So, Laura, tell us a little bit about some personal growth tips on how to be a healthy nine. Yes. And just so you know, another resource that we recommend going to is the Enneagram Institute website. This is going to give you a lot more information um, on each type. And this is kind of where the personal growth tips um, are coming from. So first, I would say it is worth examining your tendency to go along with others and doing what they want just to keep the peace or be nice. Sometimes it's okay to put your needs as a priority in your life. And it's okay if someone might not agree with what you want to do or what, you know, your desire is. But when you suppress those, you're not going to be satisfied. You're not going to be happy with where you're at when you're not making what you need a priority. Yeah, you want to lean into your own vision, your own goals. And for maybe your strength number a three or for an eight or a seven, they're very in tune with their goals and what they want. But for a nine, that's very difficult because they get caught up in the harmony and not what they want. So I encourage you to write down your goals daily or have a vision board. Give something that reminds you daily of what you're trying to achieve so you can keep in mind there's times you got to say no to things to achieve what you want. And with this, I think this is a great thing when you're talking about relationships and connecting with other people, sometimes nines, you need to vocalize what you need. Um, Even Nate and I, as a six and an eight, there are times where, you know, I have to be direct and say what I need. It's not, it's not necessarily my natural tendency, but knowing that I kind of need to do that sets me up for success. It allows communication to be clearer. It allows your enjoyment or satisfaction of a relationship 
be there. Secondly, I would say recognize any aggression, anxiety, or other negative emotions you have, because the reality is everybody has negative emotions. It's just a part of life. So, you know, yes, they'll affect you emotionally and physically, whether or not you choose to acknowledge them, but you have to realize it's a part of life. You have to acknowledge that they are there. And when you try to suppress or just pretend like it's not there, like you were saying, just push it under the rug, you're actually creating a false peace. And if you're truly after true peace, you'll realize that and you'll take the time to acknowledge and work through any negative emotions that you might have. And I also want you to think about what if they're not negative emotions? What if all emotions are just a communication to ourselves? We're going to get into this in a couple of weeks with emotional intelligence of why we have emotions and what they tell us. And I encourage you, especially if you're a nine, tune into that episode because we're going to talk about directly attacking each emotion and how, you know, when we avoid what we consider the negative emotions or the ones that feel negative anyway, they're going to do nothing but haunt us in the future. Mm-hmm. And lastly, this is just more practical advice is to exercise frequently or find something, find a passion of yours, whether it be, you know, a form of meditation or practicing yoga or maybe running, whatever it is, and use that as time to become more aware and in tune with your body and your emotions. This is also a great way to instill better self-discipline. So that also goes with developing body awareness. Sometimes nines, you just want to create this peace. You want to acknowledge, you don't want to acknowledge that there's any form of negative emotion, but like I've said, it's there. So when you create a body awareness, you create the awareness for all the emotions that every person feels. And I challenge you nines, say no to somebody every day. Say no to one person. <laughs> there's got to be something in your life that if you're complacent to actually does more harm than good. It doesn't create harmony. It just creates disruption in your internal life versus your external life. Say no sometimes and watch how it actually doesn't do anything but create harmony in your internal life. So that wraps up the nine types of the Enneagram. Uh, I know Laura and I have learned so much through this process and just about the Enneagram in general and how you can utilize this to better lead your teams, to better lead yourself, to better lead your marriage and your family. Um, so we're still going to be doing a Q&A over on YouTube. Be sure to send in any questions you have about the Enneagram, whether it be about relationships, whether it be about self-development, whether it be about why do I do this or why do I tend to do this? What is the core motive behind this? Any questions you have, we're going to take a deep dive into the Enneagram one more time. Like I said, it'll be over on YouTube. So make sure you follow us over there too. Thank you so much for joining this week's episode. We hope you've learned something new, that you feel challenged and leave inspired. If there's a part of this episode that stuck out to you, be sure to screenshot the podcast, post it on Instagram and tag us in it. Let us know what captivated you. Speaking of Instagram, we would love to connect with you and make sure that you're one of the first to know of our new episodes and exciting updates. You can follow me at It's Laura Stevens. And I'm at the period Nate Stevens. If you found value in this podcast, remember to leave us a rating or review. This will allow others to see what they can benefit from this podcast as well. Join us next week as we continue to live a life beyond the norm.